Hello and welcome to episode two of the Leader Podcast. This episode was an interview with one of our mentors, Ian Christie. The questions were submitted on our Instagram page, at Durham Leadership. Follow us on there for more content and opportunities to participate in upcoming Q&A sessions. Okay, so I'm Ian Christie. Uh, I studied law at Durham in 1985 to 88. I was at Hatfield College. I then went to the bar and I've subsequently trained as a mediator, as an actor, and I work now as a professional coach and facilitator. What or whom has been the most inspirational? So I had a number of mentors as I came through school and university and when I started out at the bar and I realised how much influence they had over me. So those are personal contacts. More widely, I suppose, recently, I've been inspired by some of the people who've written great works around leadership. So Brené Brown and her research, uh, Harville Hendricks, who has written a great book about relationships, and a, a poet called David White, who speaks in this lugubrious Irish accent and delivers some of the most profound, beautiful poetry about, about life. So some of those have been my great inspirations, but it's really the idea that they convey, not necessarily the the personalities themselves. The founder of TED Talks, Chris Anderson, says, talks about the power of the idea. So it's not so much the personality of the person, but the power and the strength of the message that they're conveying that inspires me. Being a barrister, you're not leading a team, you're leading yourself. Can you comment on this? So I don't practice at the bar now, but when I did, I was aware that actually, although it is a quite a solitary profession, and you do have to be a self-starter, you're never working alone. For a start, you've got a client, and you may have solicitors who are instructing you. You may even be working with another barrister, so you are often part of a team. And I would say that the relationships that you build in that context are key. You have to remember that if people are coming to you as a professional, whether it's a barrister or a mediator, they're coming because they believe that you have some expertise that you can help them with. They have a problem and they're looking for you to help solve it. So they place you in a position of authority. So you must be mindful that you have that responsibility over them and discharge that appropriately. Should you have a moral conflict with a directive set by your manager, how would you advise to address it? So I think the first thing I would say in this situation is to get some clarity over precisely what it is you think is producing the conflict. If you're in an organisational setting, it may be very often that there is some guidance available, something written, a code of practice, some ethical code that you can refer to if you think that your manager is asking you to do something which is in breach of that code. If it's just your own moral compass, then be clear precisely what value is it that you have, that you feel you're being asked uh, to act in a way that would not leave you feeling um, preserving your integrity because that's the key in this situation is you want to leave it feeling that you have remained in integrity so then you're going to need to engage with the manager, manager to explain the problem you've got and see whether there is some other way in which you can carry out what they're asking you to do without compromising those values so ultimately though if it comes to the test and that can't be resolved I've certainly had a situation where I said I can't carry on working in this environment if this is what I'm being asked to do because that would not leave me feeling safe. 
Do you have any advice in resolving problems when it's a majority versus you? Okay, so there's uh, several issues at play here. Um, one of them, one of the great qualities that people look for in a leader is the ability to listen. So first of all, trying to understand what the opinions of the others are and why they're expressing them in the way they do. But that in a way is at tension with another quality which in leadership, which is to have courage. And if you remain convinced that what you're proposing is the way that the team should be led, after, if that's your responsibility, then you need to take that forward and carry the rest of the team with you, explaining your reasons for it. Uh, one of the great guidelines when I'm working with groups is to say to people at the outset, remember that you might be in the minority at times and get them to think about how they would like to be treated if they were the one lone voice in the room. And I would ask other people in the team to give them that time and that space to express their opinion without jumping quickly to conclusions. So you've got several things to balance there and how you resolve them in any particular situation is going to depend on the context and what it is you're ultimately trying to achieve. But if you're the one in charge, then you're going to be accountable for the decision that you make if you decide to go with your view rather than the majority. Has experience in being a barrister or mediator helped in the acting world? Yeah, people often ask when I say oh, that I've been a barrister and also uh, an actor, well, it's the same thing, isn't it, really? Um, well, I don't think it is, but there are lots of crossovers and not just in the way that you might imagine to do with performance skills and advocacy. Um, one of the things that I struck me when I was at drama school was how my training in preparing for a case helped me prepare for a piece of theatre because reading a script over and over again and extracting all the relevant information that's going to help you to understand your character uh, is very much like reading a brief and eliciting all the information that you're going to use to prove your case and all the information that's going to be used against you. In practical terms, I think I've had three castings uh, as a barrister and I didn't get any of them. So I don't think necessarily that that's helped. Maybe that just goes to prove the difference between what a barrister really does and how they really are and the impression you might get from television or film as to what a barrister does when they're in court. How do you cope with failure or disappointment? So those are two different things. I would look at failure as having just tried something that didn't work. Uh, disappointment usually is where you've had a particular expectation that hasn't been met. In terms of the context of all of this, it's about accepting the situation. If something has been lost, you need to work through that cycle from denial and bargaining through ultimately to acceptance so that you can move on. One of the great um, practical things you can do if you struggle with the idea of failure, and it's not necessarily that you've tried things and failed, but that you even are afraid to try things in case you fail. You have a level of perfectionism that inhibits you from even taking those sorts of risks, is to do uh, an improvisation course. It's one of the things I did before I went to drama school, where they absolutely embrace failure because it's inevitable if you're improvising, making things up, they often don't work. And just to get used to that feeling and to let yourself off the hook, to be less self-judgmental 
about when things don't go according to plan is a very good practical way of coping more and helping you to live more freely and take more risks. How do you go about trying to motivate another team member who is unreliable? So reliability is an absolutely key component of trust. So if you have someone who is repeatedly being unreliable, what they're actually doing is undermining the trust in the relationship. So the first thing would be to convey to them the seriousness of that and how it might ultimately lead to you being unable to work with them. You're obviously going to want to find out what it is that's going on for them. So if you could give them an example that you made a promise, you made a commitment to do something which you didn't keep, can you explain what happened and listen and maybe see whether there's some adjustments, some needs of theirs that aren't being met that would enable them to make, keep those commitments uh, in futures. And you need to give them the opportunity to rebuild that trust. So set them a target, give them a task and see whether they deliver it on time in the way that they've agreed to do that. And bit by bit, they can then start to restore that trust. As a mentor, what does a successful mentor-mentee relationship look like? Okay, so I'd say to start with, it has to be mutual, by which I mean that both the mentor and the mentee want to be there. They want to have that relationship. It has to be boundaried. So to assist with that, you might want to start with a written understanding of what it is you're there to do, setting out expectations over how often you will meet, how long the sessions will be, if something needs to change, how you're going to go about communicating that. Then within that, it's very much then for the mentor to listen to what the mentee wants to achieve. It's their agenda and the role of the mentor is to assist the mentee to achieve those goals. And I would say the duty on the mentee is to show up, to take it seriously, to commit to the process and follow the guidance and advice that their mentor gives them. As a leader, I sometimes have less experienced people trying to advise me. Any advice? So one of the qualities of modern leadership is humility. So it may be that you actually need to listen very carefully to what those less experienced people are saying and see whether there isn't some wisdom, even if you don't think it's initially what you would have come up with. Is there something in there that you could actually learn from? Then I suppose you need to do one of two things either you're going to give things a try the way they've suggested or again going back to this notion of leadership also about being accountable for your decisions to say well i've listened but i'm not going to follow your advice on this occasion if you go the other route one good technique would be to say to the person who's offering you the advice well would you help to implement what it is you're suggesting should be done so you delegate to them some responsibility for putting into effect the idea that they are proposing. So that kind of gives them some buy-in to what they're suggesting, from which you can then review and learn, well, did that work? Was there something in what they suggested that was actually better than what you were proposing to do in the first place? If my best two players don't get along, is there anything I can do? We don't have time for a crash course in mediation skills. But yes, there is something you can do, providing you have some impartiality and independence from the two people. If you're perceived to be on the side of one of them, then you're not going to be able to be much use. But if it's your responsibility and if you both of them feel that they can trust you, 
you can effect effectively act as a mediator between the two of them, which would involve listening to each of them to find out what it is that is causing the problem. And the key to all conflict resolution is to try to move people away from their stated positions, so from what they're saying they want or what they're not prepared to do, to seeking out their underlying needs and interests. Because it may be that they both have a common objective, but don't have an agreed way of achieving things. So if you can find that common ground that they can agree on as being what they're both trying to achieve, you can then start to explore with them different ways of achieving that goal, which wasn't the way in which either of them thought they would originally. So that would be a basic process by which you try to help people who are in disagreement come to some sort of agreed outcome. Thank you for listening to episode two of the podcast. If you enjoyed this and found it useful, please give it a positive review and share with a friend. You can also find us on most other social media sites by searching for Durham Leadership.